0: This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 86. Yo, you ready for this? Let's go. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, who misses ecto-cooler high C's, Pat Flynn. Now, as you know, This is one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. Through the host, Buzzsprout, you can automatically optimize your audio through their newest feature, Magic Mastering. Buzzsprout is a wonderful partner of mine and you know you can actually get 33% more time on your plan, whichever plan you choose, just through this link alone. And that's smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. And that's a huge deal, 33% extra time on your plan just by going through that link. You can claim that again by going to smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. Check them out. They're awesome. Hey, what's up? Welcome to session 86 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My name is, of course, Pat Flynn and you are Are Awesome. Thank you so much for listening in today. I have a great guest who's going to share a lot of great information about a lot of different topics, actually, and you'll get to know him in just a bit. But before that, I just want to say thank you to the entire Smart Passive Income community because once again, for the third year in a row, you have nominated the Smart Passive Income podcast as the top business podcast uh, out there. If you go to podcastawards.com, just again, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm just so honored that I've been nominated again. I haven't won the award yet. The last two years, some other great podcasts have won the award, but I think this is the year. 2013 is the year. So if you could do me one small favor, starting November 1st, if you go to podcastawards.com in the business section right there close to the top there you'll see the podcast the smart passive income podcast you click that little button and you click vote it would go a long way and help out so much you can actually vote daily up until mid november and that would help out so much. This is something I really want. I, I want to show the world that this podcast is, is worth listening to. And, and if we win this award, you know, this is all of us together. Um, it would be so awesome. So just thank you so much. Again, podcastawards.com starting Friday, November 1st for a couple weeks. Go on there daily, just once a day, just make it a part of your routine for a couple weeks. I will just love you all so much. I don't know how I can love you more already because you've already supported me so much through listening to the show. But let's show the world that the Smart Paths podcast is the top business podcast out there. Congratulations to all the other nominees, but you know what? This is the year of Smart Passive Income, so let's make it happen. Thank you so much. Now, on to today's featured content. Uh, there's a lot of content here. A great guest who is actually somebody who inspired me when I first started doing business online. This person, and something he did in the iPhone application market, inspired my friend from high school and I to get together and start an iPhone application company, and together, my business partner and I in the iPhone app business, we have since, you know, over the past four and a half years, have earned over six figures uh, doing the app stuff. And we have Joel Calm to thank for that. So our guest is Joel Calm from joelcom.com. Joelcom.com. His last name is C-O-M-M. So Joel com. Uh, he's recently come out with a new podcast. He's been around for a really long time in the internet marketing industry. He's he's a, a very forward-thinking person when it comes to a lot of the things that people are doing online. He was one of the first people to write about AdSense and talk about AdSense strategies, for example. And we actually get into a little bit of AdSense on today's podcast because I am still using AdSense on some of my content sites, and I know some of you are too. We also talk a lot about Twitter. He's wrote, he's written a book uh, on Twitter called Twitter Power, and that's actually thing i haven't really talked much about on the spi podcast or even on the blog you know how do we use twitter and how does someone get started with twitter how does someone go from zero followers to potentially you know five six figures of followers and and what can that actually do what how do you use twitter how what, what is it what's the benefit we talk all about that as well gosh we, we cover a whole bunch of different topics here i think it'll be a nice fun casual conversation as if joel and i were just chilling at a coffee shop together and you just happen to be there listening to us imagine that and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get right into it. All right, everybody, let's welcome Joel Com to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. What's up, Joel? How are you today? Hey, Pat, I'm
1: doing great, and uh, thanks for having me, man.
0: Hey, thank you so much for coming on, and for everyone out there who doesn't know, Joel actually was someone who I caught on to early in my days doing online business, and it was really his success in the App Store that inspired me and my buddy to get into the App Store as well. So I, first of all, Joel, I just need to thank you for that, um, You know, and, and I'm curious, You know, you, the app that you did that got so much publicity and did so well, it's really interesting, um, was, was called iFart. Yes, it was. It still is. Tell tell me about that. Like, where where did the idea for that come from? And and you know, why did it just explode like it did?
1: Ah, uh, there's a there's an iFart fart pun. I get it. So, <laughs>
0: oh, I didn't. Even, I, liked, I wasn't even going for that. But yeah, wow, they that's just, good.
1: They, <laughs> they kind of come out naturally. You know, <laughs> a, an app made a bit of a stink. You know, and, and anyway, nice. Um, you know, when when you've got a team that is largely comprised of men, uh, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> unusual <laughs> things can uh, can proceed. And it, actually, our first app was one of the first thousand apps in the app store. It was called I Vote, and that's still there. And after we developed iVote, we sat down in the conference room and we uh, had a huge whiteboard and we just began whiteboarding ideas. And one of—I don't remember who mentioned it. It might have been Dan Nickerson, my VP of ideas. But somebody thought of you know if we have this this fart machine, and uh, we we started laughing about it. And the more we talked about you know the style and the features that we can include, the more we thought you know what this will be easy to produce, and we could do some pretty cool PR stuff around it. So let's go for it. And the, it's, what's really interesting is the day we were getting ready to submit the app to the App Store was uh, middle of October 2008. It's been five years, if you can believe that. Wow. And a story broke on CNET that uh, Apple had rejected a similar app called Pull My Finger. From yeah, from the App Store, they wouldn't include it, and so we thought, oh, okay, somebody else thought of this. You know who would who would imagine that? Mm-hmm. And uh, and we looked at the video of their app and thought, well, ours is more impressive, but there's no point in submitting it. And it wasn't until a month or so later that I told my team, you know, go ahead and just submit it. What's the worst thing that can happen? They'll reject it, and it sat. For a number of weeks, and I got a notice, I believe it was December 12, 2008, that Apple approved this happened to the App Store, along with our competitor, Pull My Finger, and two other flatulence novelty apps. And uh, the rest is history. Uh-huh.
0: Can I ask you, like, how successful was that app? Like, can you give us a dollar amount or download amount?
1: Sure, happy to. It was wildly successful, um, especially immediately. Uh, you know, with with a, a little publicity on my end and some unique storytelling, the app shot up to number one. Um, I believe ten days after it came out, number one in the world, not number one in the category. It was wow. number one, and that's right
0: by Christmas time. So that's perfect.
1: It was right close to Christmas, and what I did is I crafted a story around it uh, you know it, it it's not really a story that there's a fart app uh, There was a little bit of a story in the fact that Apple had previously rejected one, and now they changed their tune and were approving them and Of course, when that happened, pull my finger immediately shot up because of the previous press they got mm-hmm. but i uh, I decided that you know at this time, nobody really knew what it meant. Uh, the sales to rank. They didn't know what it meant if your app was number 75 in the entertainment category. How did that translate into sales? How many downloads? What if you were number 60 overall? What if you were number 10? And what I did is I documented on my blog day by day. What our ranking was in various categories and how many sales we made, and then I put out a press release to VentureBeat and TechCrunch and Mashable, telling them that this is data that's interesting to developers. And sure enough, it was interesting to them. They began talking about how I was publicizing my numbers, and of course, that led to more sales. and The the big explosion was on Christmas Day, two thousand eight, and uh, we we hit almost forty thousand sales on that day, and. And uh, that then became a story. You can still go back and Google TechCrunch iFart, and you'll find the story they wrote then about a a Christmas uh, holiday explosion, literally. And so to date, uh, I know we've sold over 800,000 units plus – in-app purchases of additional fart packs. And there's a free version out there as well that's had a number of downloads. And of course, at uh, 99 cents apiece, uh, Apple takes their 30%, so you can do the math on our profit on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is... That is- crazy and and, in this story here i mean it's it i mean congrats on the success and this isn't about you know the farting app really it's about how you approach this and how you crafted a story around it even all the way down to when you first were creating the idea you talked about you just got on a whiteboard and started writing with your team and throwing out ideas and you gave it a shot i think a lot of people would have just thrown this away and you know, not even consider doing something like this. And you even thought about doing that even after you created it. But you said, hey, what the heck? We created that. Let's see what happens. And really, that's what entrepreneurship is a lot about. You know, it's experimentation, trial and error. And I talk about that all the time. You never know unless you try. So it's so cool to hear the details of that story. And I can't believe it's done that well. I mean, I know it's crazy.
1: And you're right. Some other people would have flushed that idea.
0: Nice. We could go all day with this, Joel. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I apologize.
0: <laughs> I was like trying to think of one more to add, and that was like the perfect one. So I guess we'll stop with the pun- with the puns there. But um, but um, and <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, crazy, Joel. This is this is crazy. But hey, you, let's w- just wipe that last comment, shall we? Yeah, I think. Yeah, the audience is probably like, wow. Okay, stop. But I know some of you out there are starting to think of your own now, so. Leave it in the
1: comments. It it totally led to uh, copycats. I mean, at one time, there was over 200 fart-related apps in the App Store, people trying to tag on to our success. And, you know, there's not room at the top for so many of the same app. Uh, And there was probably two of them that ranked it all. And, you know, and I don't even know if they made their money back, but the rest of them are just a uh, a, a little – lip in history they're they were there and they were gone
0: yeah that's interesting let's talk about that really quick because i remember seeing like hundreds of those kinds of apps come out i mean how do you deal with that if you were like one of the first ones to create something and then all these copy copycats are coming is that something you can you know take legal action with or i mean i mean i'm sure there's a lot of gray areas but what was your reaction to all that
1: Well, you know, we were on top and we had the established brand and I was getting the press and I thought, uh, why bring any attention to the competitors? And and sure enough, ignoring them um, led to their own demise. And uh, so it it wasn't worth having attention, even though there was a number of them and still are a number of apps that use iFart in their name.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Well, were there any other apps that you created after that?
1: Uh, there's, you know, actually, I took another risk with a multiplayer game platform that we called Game Dock, and this would allow people to play uh, our own version of Battleship, which was called Fleet Master. Uh, we created another original game called Last Four, that was a um, a mashup of Bejeweled and Connect Four, and then we had one of the first uh, multiplayer chess games. And so we created this platform that other people could then uh, build upon, and then Apple announced Game Center and basically wiped decimated. All that yeah. And so that's, uh, you know, that's what happens when you take risks, uh, which is why it's always a good idea to own the platform. And that's why Apple's so brilliant because they are the gatekeepers.
0: Yeah, that's a great lesson. You know, I use a lot of apps uh, or I, I previously used a lot of apps that in Apple's recent update, Mavericks sort of wiped out I mean, they're taking control. I mean, I remember downloading and purchasing an app for creating tabs on my Finder window so I can open up multiple windows in, in the same, you know, window. And, uh, you know, now that app is probably dead dead now because Apple's doing the same thing. So, I mean, that's a really, really good point there. You want to own own the platform. And, you know, it's it's tough, though, because you see these solutions that can work and you can build them, but then, you know, there's bigger things out there that can just kind of crush you easily
1: exactly and that's that's what happened and uh, you know what it's not a problem we just go back to the drawing board and figure out the next thing
0: and so what was the next thing for you after that after that point
1: uh, well you know it, i think uh, app wise we might have done a few things but i was focused in so many other areas at that time uh, you know i had just finished um, come off producing the internet reality show the next internet millionaire i was in the midst of writing the first edition of Twitter power and, you know, social was coming on strong. So I think I really put a lot of focus uh, into the social space and, you know, we still were doing some apps on the side, but none of them equaled the success of the now legendary iFart, which even has its own Wikipedia page.
0: Really? That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I kid you not.
0: That's crazy. Well, you're like me, Joel, we, you know, we have a lot of things going on and thing, you know, projects that we're doing. One of the first things I remember seeing from you after iFart was a book you had released called The AdSense Code. And it's all about using AdSense on your website and then, you know, this was ri- when was the AdSense Code uh, published?
1: It was 2006. And uh, it was, I believe it was March of that year that the book uh, hit the New York Times business bestseller list, which was just, it totally took me by surprise, but there was just so much interest in uh, how to create content and monetize that content. And of course, I was sharing strategies and, and tips for how to best monetize your site years before google ever put up on their site it's funny because the the strategies that i figured out for best color schemes and blending is now what their default ad is (laughs) on the adsense site
0: nice i'm i'm pretty sure you've had a lot to do with that uh so how how is this book the adsense code i mean are you still using adsense on your sites or do you still believe that's a great way to monetize a website what are your thoughts on adsense today
1: it's a good way to monetize a website that is a content based site that has a significant amount of traffic you know back in the day if you created any content and I'm not talking about the junk sites I'm talking about original content you could put AdSense on there and if you were getting traffic you were getting a higher um, per click revenue on it and I actually sold my most popular content site uh, a few years back and so my AdSense revenue is, is very minimal because I don't have many content sites anymore. I don't put it on my blog at joelcom.com or any of my sales pages or the like. But there are people that are still making good money with AdSense and the principles that I teach are still sound principles. In fact, I've got the sixth edition of the AdSense ebook, which is what the traditionally published book came from, Mm -hmm. ready to go. I just haven't launched it yet. And I was actually listening to a podcast you did about Amazon Kindle and I've I've released books on Kindle. And uh, please refresh me, the gentleman's name that was on the show with you. Johnny uh, Andrews? Uh, no, it wasn't Johnny. There was another guy. And you were doing a test. Oh, I J- know,
0: Jeff Goins.
1: Yeah, it was Jeff, and and I loved listening to um, some of the suggestions you got. In fact, with uh, the last physical book I launched just a few weeks back, uh, so what do you do? I took your uh, Jeff's advice and did pre-release copies of the book in order to ask people to post reviews. And by the, the week later when the book launched, we already had seventy-five reviews up uh, on the site, uh, it, which was really cool. And I credit listening to your podcast as is, is a bad idea. So um, you can use that as a testimony if
0: you want to. <laughs> Thanks, but, Joe. And I'll, I'll make sure to forward that to Jeff. He'll be happy to hear that.
1: Yeah, but I'm, I'm seriously thinking, I've, I've always sold my AdSense eBook from anywhere from $27 to $97, and this new edition, I'm thinking of putting up on the Kindle and offering it for $2.99 and just making it available to as many people that want it for as low a price as possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you use it in that regard as far as lead generation and getting people to get into your brand, and you have so many other great things to offer, which we'll get into in a second, that could be a really great strategy, you know, so... Um, Definitely a lot of uh, you know lessons to be learned there. But I mean, going back to AdSense really quick, because I know there's a lot of users and listeners out there who do use AdSense. I use AdSense myself. I mean, what are the one or two top things that are, are really working for AdSense users right now, if you don't mind sharing?
1: Well, you know, again, you got to have content and you got to have traffic. Assuming you've got original content on a regular basis and you've got traffic coming to your site, blending your ads with the inline on your content is still going to yield the best click through. If you put banners up at the top of your site, people are banner blind. They don't see them. If you put them at the bottom, by the time they get done with your article, they're ready to leave. They usually don't see them there. Sidebar ads don't work as well either unless you've got something really attention that uh, drawing that grabs your and pulls you there. But people are reading content. And so you want your ads closest to where the content is. I find that 300 by 250s and 336 by 280s with uh, um, assuming your blog, your site is got a white background, no border, white background, blue, uh, black text, blue links, because blue means click me is still going to net the highest click through rate.
0: Yeah. And I I can definitely agree 100 percent with all of that. All down to the size of the ads. I use in context ads as well. Um, and those are the ones that are producing the highest click throughs, the highest uh, cost per clicks. It's just working really well still on securityguardtraininghq.com, one of my content sites. And so, I, I, you know, perfect. Thank you. Now, beyond AdSense, you know, you have a lot of other stuff going on. You've, you've written a book uh, about Twitter. And what's interesting about Twitter is I actually haven't really talked much about Twitter. Your book is called Twitter Power and uh, you know all this all these books and, and everything we're talking about here you can find at joelcom.com j o e l c o double m.com so check all that stuff out there. But let's talk about Twitter really quick and I still have a lot of people in my audience who don't find or don't believe that there's value with setting up a Twitter account and just chatting randomly with people, it seems to them. What would you Mm -hmm. say to those people who were saying, you know what, Twitter just doesn't seem like it's right for me? You know,
1: every social site is not right for everybody, but in a very general sense, wherever the conversation is taking place that's where the power is and you've got 200 million active users on Twitter every day talking about everything and and anything and everything these are your customers these are your prospects these are your friends your family your clients and it, you know it's it's the big water cooler i use this analogy back in in 2007 or 2008 i believe that twitter is the water cooler of our time and it's mm-hmm. where that spontaneous conversation that crosses all barriers of topics and discussion is taking place and it's it seems silly to me to not saddle up to the cooler belly up to the bar as it were and and to engage in the conversation enter be relevant be present bring value to others even though it's 140 characters at a time there's a lot of business being done on twitter as a result of people engaging and so you can ignore it if you want to but you're missing out on where the you know one of the big parties is being held one of the largest networking events that never stops is taking place
0: yeah that's a great way to put it. i love the water cooler analogy now for someone who's just starting out they have zero followers posting anything isn't going to be seen by anyone how would somebody who's just starting out these people who are convinced now okay it's the water cooler i should go on there what are their first steps do they just start following as many people as they can do they i mean where do they go what do they do? Yeah.
1: You know, the concept of just following everybody um, is really a scattershot approach. What you do is you look for people that uh, you already know and respect and are interested in, follow them, and then do a search for some hashtags. You know, maybe you're into photography, so do hashtag photography. See what people are saying. If if somebody um, catches your attention, you think, wow, that's interesting. That's a cool picture. or They've got a cool tip. Follow that person. Engage with that person. Tweet them back retweet what they're saying ask them a question answer a question if you can bring value it's it's not rocket science it's it's You know, pretend that you're walking into a room and there's this networking event going on. You don't know anybody in there and as you're walking through the room you're picking up bits and pieces of conversation that's taking place and the moment that you hear something that catches your attention, you you pull up to that circle of people that are talking. You listen. Maybe you ask a question. You answer a question. You bring value through your own expertise and now you're in the discussion and if people are liking what you have to say because because of the value you bring, guess what? they follow you back. They become more interested in, in your knowledge and expertise and, and over time, based on the value that you do bring, you begin to uh, endear a certain level of trust, which goes both ways. And of course, this is how a transaction, the field the, the seeds are sown for a transaction to mm-hmm. take place, whether it's uh, selling a product a service or whether it's just selling a concept or an idea, a philosophy, it's all about relationships.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I love that analogy. I used that before going into a party. There's people there. That's why a lot of people who use Twitter fail because they go into this party and start just saying, hey, I'm Pat. Buy my product like. Right. nobody's going to buy your stuff if that's how you enter a party, you know?
1: Yeah, they whip out the megaphone and they stand, uh, you know, on the table in the middle of the room and say, I've got this great deal. You should take advantage of it now. And people are putting their fingers in their ears and they're tuning you out. And, you know, a lot of them are just blocking you so they don't have to listen to you at all. And uh, that is not the way to go about doing business of any kind in any forum.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love using Twitter. I mean, I am fortunate enough to have a – you know earn this really large following on there now over the past few years um I love using twitter, uh, twitter to test certain headlines and things that I might potentially use in a blog post for example or a podcast it's a, it's a great quick easy way 140 characters to to see reactions to certain things or um you know get immediate feedback I love asking for opinions from people because people love to share their opinions and opening up those lines of communication so it's not just you saying things but it's g- you going out there and asking people who have chosen to listen to you to get feedback from them and i mean and in, in in business i mean i mean i'm in three mastermind groups so the, the the i find so much value in hearing directly from other people about what i'm doing and i think a lot of people are afraid to ask questions or put themselves out there or allow other people to comment on what they're doing but i found that that's probably the most powerful powerful thing about twitter is opening up those lines of communications with those who are following what i do
1: a- absolutely, as you say on your Twitter stream, lead by example, right? I love that. Lead by example. Be honest. Hold nothing back. I'm looking at your Twitter stream now, and and uh, and I'm actually going to recommend. I'm going to give you a tip, Pat. Can Ooh, I do nice. that? Yes, please. So I would love to see a new background um, on your Twitter stream. Uh, something that does a little bit more branding. Uh, you know, perhaps provide some URLs. Maybe something free. Maybe um, maybe something about your podcast on your stream because Twitter basically says, all right, we're going to take over the center part with the menu and with your, your profile picture and your um, bot, bi- your brief bio and your tweets. But we're going to give you that left side and that right side. And right now you're just, you've got that little welcome to smart passive income on Twitter and you've got nothing on the right side. And this is real estate that you could really be leveraging to, uh, to solidify your brand with people who come to your page.
0: All right, so this you're talking about twitter.com slash Pat Flynn on the web. Right. Um, And you're absolutely right. I mean, Twitter doesn't give you too much real estate, but the background is really important. I've seen some really interesting backgrounds. There's nothing. You're absolutely right. I I mean, I do have the branding, the logo, but I don't have any call to actions or giveaways or any sort of, I don't even have any URLs. Um, I do have the URL in the profile, but even behind the profile, I could probably, I don't know, what do you think of the background? behind my profile picture at the moment. It Um, says some stuff about me, but it's still kind of, you know...
1: it does. I think the level you're at right now, I would I would have a branding expert like uh, my my friend uh, Matt Clark at TweetPages.com. He did um, branding across my my website, and I think consistent branding is really important. So if you look at JoelCom.com, and then look my uh, look me up on Twitter at JoelCom, look me up on YouTube forward slash JoelCom, look me up on Facebook, and you're going to see a consistency yeah. across all these. And uh, Matt did these for me, and I'm just I'm really thrilled with them because it it creates a consistent brand and anywhere people look for me and find me they're going to see the same branding and you're uh, you're at a level now where i think you uh, you deserve that
0: well, thank you joel i mean this is, i mean i'm looking at your twitter page right now twitter.com slash Joelcom, j-o-e-l-c-o-m-m um it looks great it looks just like your website same coloring and and branding um so i love that yeah so people do actually visit these pages Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. And I get comments about the the profiles as well that people tell me that they really like uh, the color scheme and the consistency and the layout and it's friendly. And, you know, there's my smiling face and uh, they they know what I do. It's very clear from my profiles what it is I do and how I try to bring value.
0: Yeah, I mean, it says right there, author, speaker, entrepreneur, consultant. Yeah. Okay, quick random (laughs) question because this is something I've been wanting for a long time. And I don't know if, if this is even important, but it's just one it's just one of those things, you know, other people have it and I don't, so I want it too. It's that blue verified check mark.
1: How did you Boy, get that? I, I wish that I had the Twitter pixie dust and could help people get those because I get that question frequently. When Twitter first started verifying accounts, they had an application on the site. And a number of people, myself included, went there and we said, please verify me. And lo and behold, um, they did. Well, I, they must have just gotten inundated with that. Yeah. And they shut it down. Um, there is no application for verification. And I actually know somebody at Twitter, and asked them about this, and they said we can't do anything to help you. You could, you know, you could give us a name, and as much as we love you, Joel, um, there we we are not involved in the verification process. Our team verifies who they want, when they want. And that was it. And that, that makes me sad because (laughs) I think there's a number of people that should be verified. And it's almost like they, I think they bit off more than they can chew and they just kind of left it by the wayside. and, And, um, I feel fortunate that I've got this stupid little <laughs> blue check mark and it's it's you know it's like this trophy that doesn't really mean anything but because there's so few people that have it, everybody wants it.
0: right right. Just they do that on to
1: Facebook too. Uh, they have it on Facebook and I was talking to Mari Smith a few weeks ago asking her the same question, how do you get verified? And it was pretty much the same answer. Uh, She doesn't know how, you know, they emailed her one day and said, please send us a a copy of, you know, your driver's license or something so we can verify this is you. And she got the little verified on Facebook thing. But there's no format that can open it up to anybody. And and I hate saying that. I wish that I could just (laughs) sprinkle little Twitter verifications everywhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really doesn't mean anything. I mean, I've I mean, nothing has happened as a result of me not having it. It's just one of those things, you know, and, that, and that's a good marketing lesson there too. It's just like the social proof aspect and, and what, you know, I see this little check mark here and it immediately makes me feel like, you know, you're an important person.
1: Well, you know, and it's not – I'm the only Joel Com in the world. Literally, I've not been able to find another person with my name. And so when you do a Google search, you have hundreds of pages, I think probably a million results that are just me. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not been a problem. You know, occasionally somebody will spoof my account, and we can usually get the shutdown quickly. But a Twitter or Facebook verification is not nearly as important as, say, something like clout score which I do believe carries a significance and will continue to grow in importance as time goes on.
0: Yeah, let's talk about clout because it's something I don't know very much about. I, I mean, I know what the word clout means, but there's this website, clout.com. that sort of give you a score based on you know, recommendations from others and what you're doing. I mean, can you give us an introduction on, on clout and why you really feel like this is an important thing?
1: Yeah, well, Clout, really, it's not a social site that you work. You go in and you connect your social accounts, and I've connected them all, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Plus, LinkedIn, Foursquare, Instagram, and uh, I think Tumblr and maybe a couple of others. And what Clout does is it connects to your accounts, and it gauges – um, through their very complex or uh, algorithm, a um, a social influence score based from zero to one hundred, and they're continually refining, uh, you know, how their algorithm works. But the idea is, if people are interacting with you, if they're retweeting what they what you say, if they're giving you pluses on Google Plus, if you are well connected on LinkedIn, if you have a lot of friends following you on Instagram, and so on, um, it. it gives you this number between 0 and 100 uh, based on Activity that you have in the social space. And of course, the higher somebody else's clout score, the more impact them mentioning or engaging with you has on your clout score. Like when I look at my clout, they'll score activity. uh, Perhaps somebody retweets something you said. And if they only have 100 followers themselves and a low clout score, Mm -hmm. then the impact on your score might only be a one out of five. Uh, But on the other hand, I'm looking at my, my clout activity and Salesforce, a very popular, you know, company um, posted about me on Twitter, and it has a five out of five for score impact on my score. Mm-hmm. So you know initially clout said our score is important to pay attention to us well in the beginning it really wasn't but you say something often enough and loud enough and people start paying attention and now people are paying attention to clout score especially the corporate world uh, you know, i'm finding corporations are starting to offer perks to people that have a higher social influence. For example, American Airlines a few uh, months ago had a perk on clout that said, anybody with a clout score of 50 or higher, we want to give you um, a free visit to our Admirals Club at your next visit to an airport uh, because we believe you're a person of influence. And I think we're going to see that more and more, Pat, not just with clout, but with the social realm in general, that uh, companies are going to look at finding people to endorse their products and services based on their social influence rather than just carpet bombing and saying, everybody talk about us. They're going to be targeting
0: more. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, when I first heard about cloud, I thought it was just this company that made up this algorithm to try and, you know, get publicity, you know, and, and make something out of nothing, basically. But now that you put it that way and I see, you know, corporate corporations and American Airlines and other companies I mean, I could see how it could be influential. My worry is it's that other thing that people have to worry about that is just adding to the mix of everything else we already have to do. Like, is this something you would honestly recommend... I mean... I didn't even sign up and I already had a cloud score. I mean, is it, it's, it's, is it something that only takes like a minute to set up? And
1: Yeah, it's really easy and it's not something you you work in and of itself. It's something you just connect your accounts and I'm looking at yours right now. You have a cloud score of 70, which is excellent. And the, the only participation you really can do on cloud is you can give people plus K. It's giving them cloud and you're entitled to give away 10 per day. For example, I just went to your cloud page and I gave you, plus one in blogging, business marketing, social media, and internet marketing. And what'll be really interesting is when you go to clout, maybe in the next day or two, to look at, to see if your clout goes up at all, because I've got an 83 clout. And so somebody giving you clout that has a higher score theoretically should bump your score, even if it's, you know, decimal points Um, you Mm -hmm. should see it increase. And I'm curious, I'd like you to follow up with me and let me know if me handing you clout actually has an impact. But it's not something you have to work on. Just connect your accounts and just do your regular social activity and clout will measure that influence for you.
0: So is this similar to LinkedIn and, and, and sort of recommend, you know, I think it's called recommendations on, you know, I could like, for instance, say I can go to your LinkedIn page and say, Joel Com is skilled in these areas. Is it sort of similar to that?
1: Uh, It is only, LinkedIn doesn't really give you a score for it. It just says X number of people have recommended you. Of course, so many people. I'm kind of disappointed that LinkedIn instituted that feature because it's so easy to say i recommend this person and this person and this person and this person before you had to you know recommendations were you actually wrote something about the person you were recommending and it was a higher bar to pass because people won't take the time to do that so when you could just push a button and recommend a bunch of people blanket recommendations it kind of loses its impact whereas clout actually gives you a a number that says this is how we this is where your influence is at and you know it's not perfect they're still working through it and my particular cloud score is high because cloud also can determine if you have a wikipedia page if you're somebody that's done a few notable activities then you have your own wiki page and cloud will will measure that as part of it right now you just have your facebook page in your Twitter account connected to cloud. So I bet if you connect some of your other accounts, you'll see it go up there as well.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and I agree with you on the LinkedIn sort of attempt to do something similar. I mean, I saw one of my friends do it, and he had like 99 plus on all of his skills. And I was like, oh, I, I only have like 30 or 40. I'm just going to send an email. Out. Or no, actually, I, I I sent a message out on Facebook directing people to recommend me on LinkedIn. And the next day I had 99 for each. And so it was there like, you. <laughs> you know, how easy is that to game? I mean, I, I, I this, this cloud thing is interesting. I'm going to play around with it more. But, you know, a few more things I want to talk about. And this is something because we connected recently after you came back from taking a break from, from doing things online. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, how long were you offline i guess you could say what does that really mean what what did you n- stop doing for a while and and what was that like and also uh you know first of all welcome back and um <laughs> thank you you know what what are your plans after uh
1: you know i i was never completely offline but i did crawl into uh into my man cave uh you know i I can relate to the people who have experienced downturns in business. Everybody experiences them. And uh, through a number of either poor decisions of my own or through some bad hires and changes in the economy, uh, I, my staff was too large. I had a wonderful staff, very talented people, but things changed. And uh, combined that with some personal issues of my own that I was dealing with in my life, and I, uh, I, around late 2010 – I started scaling back throughout um 2011 I had let go of my entire team over a period of time I sold off a couple of my larger properties and I took the time to reassess my life to work on myself to work on myself physically I got more fit dropped a lot of extraneous weight that I was carrying which helped me to feel better emotionally I took time to process and work on the issues in my personal life and past issues and relationships with the people who are important to me and uh, worked on myself spiritually I think you know getting connected with God and dealing on, on that mm-hmm. soul area of my life was really important. And uh, so the business kind of went to the wayside and um, I took time just to work on these things and, and kind of remake and figure out what do I want to do when I grow up, uh, you know, <laughs> not that I'm ever fully going to grow up, but this year has kind of found me coming out of that, that cave Uh, that period of my life and still transitioning. As I'm uh, starting a podcast now, I've rebranded my web page, as you mentioned, and my -hmm. my social pages. And I'm still not completely clear on where it is that I'm going, but I'm reconnecting with people. I'm doing interviews such as uh, this podcast with you and uh, just kind of letting people know, hey, uh, how can I Bring value to your life. What, from my 18 years of experience, my successes, my failures, could um, could be useful in helping others get where they want to go? And uh, so, it's not all crystal clear yet. I'm in process and and still in transition, but I'm really excited about what the the future holds. I turn 50 next year, and I honestly can say I've not felt this healthy in all areas of my life and this good for a number of years and, and that's exciting to me
0: nice good for you Joel I been so happy to hear all that um, you know sometimes we do need to reset a little bit especially when we're doing something for so long and we just get down this hole and then it just it just gets too much for us sometimes um, I know a lot of people who have done something similar and just stepped back a little bit kind of had to reset and think about really what it is that they want or what's going on and, and where do they want to go Um. And I think a lot of it does start with, you know, and I talk about this a lot, your physical health and, and, and sort of that helps you become more focused. It helps your mental health. It helps everything. And so, you know, first of all, congratulations to you on losing that weight and becoming healthy, you know, having a healthy body and mind. And, and I think, you know, I can almost tell just through your voice that you know you're in a better place now as a result of sort of just taking this little break.
1: I, I am, and what's really interesting is I started going to events again, being not just being asked to speak, but also uh, just attending events, just to re-network, and people turn to me and they don't recognize me. Uh, physically, first of all, they're like, wow, you look different, but they, I had a person say to me this, um, this last weekend when I went to Author 101 University, uh, they said, you just feel different. And, and I do on the inside and what's really cool is when people feel that as well on, on the outside and it's, it's almost like uh, this recreation, this reimagining um, of myself and that's actually what I've got listed on uh, my Twitter profile under my at @joelcom. It says rebooting, reworking, redefining, reimagining. And um, there's just so much possibility in that for me. And uh, I'm told that from 45 to 60, but especially in your 50s, this is the most productive period of a man's life. And so I'm getting ready to produce some really cool stuff. And I, my belief is that what's yet to come is going to shadow that which has been done in the past. And it's all about having an impact. It's really ultimately not about me. It's about leaving a legacy. And that's what I hope to do.
0: Awesome. I'm really excited to see what you're uh, coming up with, Joel. I mean, you and I met in person for the first time this past April in Chicago at Internet's Profit Live. um, And, you know, you looked great. Um, You had an amazing presentation, just the way you started it. I mean, I don't know if even that's Available for anybody to see anywhere, but I would love to put a link up to how you started that presentation. I mean, I was really focused at that time on presenting, which I still am. And so, you know, I go into conferences and I make sure to watch as many speakers as I can because I want to learn from them. And that's when I learned how impactful a beginning of a presentation can be because I actually had to leave during the middle of the presentation to catch a flight. And I didn't want to because you started it off so well. Is there anywhere we can go to see how you open that presentation? I don't know if you've used that in other spots. I mean, I I would if I were you. So because it's just so powerful. Is there anywhere we can catch that?
1: I do use that introduction a lot, and to date I have not made it publicly available. I've told people you just got to come see me live because uh, I don't want it shared all over the place right now. At some point I might, and you'll be amongst the first ones that I will let know if I do so.
0: Cool. Well, then I guess we'll just have to see you speak live then. There you go. (laughs) Are you you, uh, speaking at any conferences coming up or – I'm actually going to be on stage
1: at the next NAMS conference, uh, David Perdue's event in Atlanta in February. And, uh, I think it's, I, you know, I'm trying to remember the URL. It might be Joel at NAMS.com or just look up David Perdue and NAMS. And, and, uh, I, this is a really great event. I'm not sure if you've been to one before, but they've built quite a community of people that, um, entrepreneurs that are growing their business online. And it's really a privilege to be able to go there and
0: speak. Yeah. I mean, I've heard so many good, great, uh, great things, um, about nams uh nams is uh i mean there, there's a few different that this is NIT affiliate marketing system or novice to advanced yeah. marketing system
1: uh, yeah well it's kind of he's used both for it uh, from novice to advance and i did look up the url it is joel at nams.com
0: cool awesome um yeah man, this is this has been a, a really great conversation you know it's this You know, for those of you listening, this wasn't an interview. This was just like Joel and I chatting at a coffee shop virtually and you sitting there listening in on us and doing what we can to provide value for you. And, you know, Joel, you've come in with some really great gold nuggets. We're really excited to hear and see what you've got coming up next. Um, So if you can make it to NAMS, that's awesome. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. Of course, I'll put links uh, to everything that Joel has going on and everything we talked about. Joel, are there any final Things you want to say before uh, you know you say goodbye to the SPI audience. I don't, I don't know any tips or any any final words of wisdom based on your 18 years of experience and you know you taking a break and then coming back. Anything uh, that you feel like would benefit the audience.
1: Uh, well, I'm never at a shortage of words, Pat. So, you know, you got to be careful how long you hand me the <laughs> mic for. But uh, I want to encourage people to, uh, you know, I was inspired by what you've done and I've started podcasting again. So if people want to go to iTunes and look up the Joel Comm Show, would love to uh, to get their feedback yeah, on that. I think they'll enjoy it. And, you know, I would just really encourage people to uh, to figure out what that thing is that they do so, that they're so passionate about that they would do it even if they weren't getting paid for it. Life is short and i believe that every person is created by god with unique passions, talents, skills, abilities and personality that make us so special that uh, o- only we as individuals can bring that specific value to the world around us and and that's what we're here for. It's not about us. It's about how we can be vessels that can be used to enrich other people's lives. And you know, if you do that, the money's going to come. So figure out what that thing is that really sets you on fire that, that that fire in your belly that makes you burn to do that thing and, and then find a way to do it. Even if you could only do it a little bit for now as you're you know, working your job or getting uh, financially on your feet – Do that thing because it's going to be life giving for you as you do it, and it's going to be life giving for the people whose lives you touch. Uh, And it's a great, it's a cycle that just keeps going around and around. It feeds. It's kind of like love. You know, when you give love, you get love. And it just Mm -hmm. it's something you never run out of. So whatever that thing is you love to do, give it out and it will come back around.
0: I love that, Joel. I preach that all the time. You know, I always say your earnings are actually a byproduct of of how helpful you are or how much you serve another audience. And so to hear that coming from you with as much experience as you have, I mean, really, we just have to give and you will get back. So awesome, Joel. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Everybody check out Joel's podcast. Look up Joel Com in iTunes and I'll put a link in the show notes, of course. Joel, we'd love to have you back on the show down the road. We could talk about all the big things you've done.
1: Sounds great, Pat. Thanks, buddy. All right,
0: thanks. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Joel Calm from Joel Com. Dot com, And you can also look up Joel's name in iTunes and get hooked up with his podcast as well. He's got some great content. I listened to a couple episodes just recently. And I want to thank you, the listener, for coming and spending time with us today. If you want the show notes, all the resources, links, everything we talked about, as well as a place to leave comments or ask questions, you can go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 86. And finally, just one more reminder, starting November 1st, you can go to podcastawards.com and vote daily for the Smart Passive Income Podcast for a couple of weeks. It would mean so much to me. It would be awesome to be able to share this award with all of you. Podcastawards.com under the business section. Again, you'll find me there. Thank you so much. Until the next episode, episode 87, stay motivated, keep pushing hard, keep pushing the boundaries, keep getting uncomfortable and keep succeeding. I will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.